praise God. All right. Well, I want to I want to share out of an encounter I had a couple of weeks ago, and I know people like they get a see if you if you if you give away what you can only really keep what you give away. So you get these people that had an have an encounter and they have. And they go, oh, I'm going to really save this up for a share in a few months. Well, then God says, well, I'll just hold off on giving you more. So I don't want, I tend to, I'm really, I'm really not good at keeping good things. Um, I like giving it away. And I didn't think I was going to preach on this this quickly. Um, but there's some things happening. We're, we're, we're believing for really, really big things. Tonight's going to be, um, it's a big word. It's a big word, but, and because uh, we have a big God. And so I'm going to pray along those lines. Holy Spirit, thank you. Thank you, Lord, we worship you. Lord, we just thank you. I just ask for the grace, your grace right now through your word and the atmosphere and encounter. Lord, show us how big you are. Lord, I thank you. Show us how awesome you are. We thank you, Lord. And our part is we will magnify the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So Lord, we just thank you for a spirit of magnification in this place. We just thank you that we are so aware of the cloud of witnesses. We are so aware that those who are with us are way more than those who are against us. We just thank you. Chariots of fire, Jacob's ladder, cloud of witnesses, sea of glass, living creatures. Amen. <laughs> I just said a all right, okay, okay, there we go. Ah, all right. Um, I want to talk about, I want to talk about um, heaven's economy tonight. And um, now, for those who, don't, who, who just read the, I don't know how, I haven't read a broadsheet newspaper for quite a while. When you start to see the advertiser and most of the front pages advertising, and you realise what a rag it is, and then there's so many other things. I mean, you know, and then, I mean, it was quite a long time ago, really, the Sunday Mail should have just been called the Lacornia Times. But Lacornia's not around anymore, so I don't know how the Sunday Mail is, is surviving, maybe Harvey Norman Times. But, um, and, and so we, there are different electronic ways to get your news these days, but in case you were, weren't sure, there are mass riots breaking out in, in Paris at the moment. Mass riots. Like, like from the time you get at the airport all the way through to the, there are some uh, um, uh, museums and monuments open, but, but all the way down to Bordeaux, we're talking things being set on fire. Because I would say on a synoptic level, uh, pretty much the president took their pension money and decided to give it to the Ukraine. Okay, something along those lines, this is what people are saying. That's anecdotal, but they've pushed the retirement age back a little bit. And so we're starting to see a top-down style of government uh, around the world, there was also a, 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 um, recently they put out um, an alert. Uh, now, quite a big, significant city. That when you, it's really interesting when you look at a concentration of the U.S. population in America. Really, the big concentration of the population is the East Coast. There is a there's a there's a few in California, but it's mostly the East Coast. And Philadelphia and Pennsylvania is a major city, and they've just put out a warning there that pretty much. All the drinking water has been contaminated, and you've got people running to get bottled water off the shelves. Okay, this isn't happenstance, and and so on and so on. Ad nauseum, this stuff is happening so quickly, and we do know that there are uh, 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 markets and everything being manipulated. You know, ba banks are having wobbles and etc. And it's a setup for a beast system, and the beast system is to 
well, whatever, unfortunately, this is my position and it doesn't have to be yours, but it probably wouldn't be a bad idea, but it's my position. I, I actually got to the point, I just do not trust government and what they say anymore. So if they say something, I tend to hold on to the opposite. But I tend to weigh things up because we are seeing so much passive aggressive gaslighting all the way back to the famous two weeks to flatten the curve, the computer modeling says. And you go, oh, well, you know, no, 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 it's cost lives. It's cost lives. Uh, uh, um, was just friends who were with us at the end of our conference, they went back to New Zealand and uh, their 17 year old niece dropped out of a heart attack. 17 year olds don't die of heart attacks. Okay, this is just, it's becoming, it's, it's ad nauseum. And so one of the things is that what I wanna talk about is an encounter that I had last Friday, uh, not last Friday, a couple of Fridays ago, and I was driving up in the car with Hugh. And we were just talking about flights and finance and all sorts of interesting things. And all of a sudden, it's really weird, because well, good, all, all good weird, I'm talking, as we were talking, it's like the words that we were saying became heavier. In other words, it's like, so if you can imagine words coming out of your mouth and they're sort of like going into the spirit world or the ether or however you want to describe it. But the, these words, they started to get weight of glory and they started dropping and I, and I could feel substance. And we're going, man, God's in the car. And it got stronger and stronger and stronger. And I went into an encounter. Now we went up to Blythe um, and to do ministry up there on a Friday and I was so whacked and out of it for, by the, this was probably half an hour away from Blythe. And I was in such an encounter with the Lord that even for two or three hours in Blythe, people, how are you going like this? I'm good, I've just had an encounter. All right, and so, and I was a bit like, and it was, it was, it was, it was amazing. And it was connected, connected to God's way of deliverance coming, going forward. Who wants to hear this, seriously? Oh my gosh, it's so exciting. Okay, and what we do, if we don't understand how big God is, it'll be like digging a hole in the ground and waiting for a dark wave to go over the top and then pass and then maybe stick your head out at the right time. And that's a very, very easy subconscious way to see things. And as we were sitting and talking and, and, and all of a sudden the glory started to manifest in the car, but not just that, the instruction is the Lord says, I want to show my people with what's coming, how they will go completely above and beyond and over the top of what's gonna manifest. Can someone say amen? He wants to show us how to actually go over the top of what the enemy wants to do and show us how big God is. Now I started getting all these crazy things. I started to have, I started to see pathways in the air. I started to see pathways in the sky. I started to see eagles catching the thermals. And it's like, if you think about it, is that history clearly is cyclical. Clearly cyclical. You only have to read George Orwell's 1984, realise it was based on the Spanish uh, uh, Civil War and the Bolshevik Revolution. You go, oh my goodness. Double talk, thought police, big brother, uh, uh, um, um, double think. Uh, 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 um, you know, ministry of peace is the ministry of war. The ministry of love is the ministry of torture. Like, like, that's a cycle. That's a cycle. But we're not just spinning our wheels because not only are things cyclical, they are going somewhere. Because when I've had, I've been told that this is the way it is, 
is that, sorry, I'm just going to found my charger in the wall, just put it down here, all right? Uh, you know what they're like, you never let them out of your sight, especially when you have kids. Have you ever gone to charge your phone at the end of the night and you've got kids? Words are said. And so, and so when, when, when a woman's about to give birth, she has contractions. And they are cycles. And those cycles get more intense and closer together. They're still cycles, but there is an end game. And when eagles are catching thermals, they put their wings out. They're not just like doing this around. They're actually going up. God wants to show us how to lay a hold of these things and, 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 and what He has for us. But I started like, uh, um, I've heard this before, but, and, I've, and it's connected to oh, so much. But He started showing me pathways in the air and He started to talk to me about skywalkers. Skywalkers, okay? The ability for people to walk in heavenly dimensions. Skywalkers. And so what I want to do is I want to break down like how you can start to prepare to actually go above and beyond. Because it's not a matter of just sort of, oh, this is happening. And, and, I, I, and again, there's a level where I do address things at the beginning and it is what it is. Um, and, and we are, trust me, we are at the ends of the earth here. Okay. So, so we, it's easy. We, we, don't, we don't live in the continent of, continent of Europe where things are happening over the border or in America or, or, or Asia. That, you know, uh, um, we're, we're in an island the, you know, next to Antarctica, basically. And so it's very easy to lose touch with things and, and be disassociated. But it's good to know the, the historical context because we are in a historical context. So what I want to do is I want to lay a foundation of, of, of how we can actually engage this dimension Let's just start with, if we can, uh, um, uh, Psalms chapter 18, verses 33 to 36. It says, He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. Now, for anyone who's watched a documentary, something on YouTube, something on Reels, something, and you see how, how on earth, have you, who's ever seen, who's ever seen those uh, uh, goats or deers scale that almost 90 degree vertical wall of that dam? Who's seen, you're going, how are they doing that? They've got special, that, that God's engine is special, special hooves, all right? So they can just, they can scale anything. And they're so steady and they just jump and this and this. And you're like, heck, this is crazy. So the Lord said, He will help us to go in almost impossible places because the way He's going to equip our feet. All right? And so He sets me on my high places. And this is, this is really, really powerful. Because if we start to, and one of the prescribed reading, I believe, uh, Heinz Feet for High Places in, the, in, in Luminate. But it's really, 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 really interesting because all the good stuff is in the high places. That's where the good stuff is. Huh? It ain't in the earthbound, oh, I'm so scared and depressed. Nothing's there. You're smelling fumes from regions of captivity. Oh, sulfur, hello. Maybe it's something I ate. All right, so he makes my feet. Hey, everyone been a Rotorua? Oh my goodness. You have those windows up, don't you? <laughs> oh, I mean, I must admit, I have, because I'm, I'm nearly at moon to everywhere, I have become reacquainted with that phenomenon called Bolivar. You drive up there, 
If you're in the car with someone, give them a sideways glance and then you realise where you are. And the window's up anyway and you've got the, the vents closed. All right, so he makes my feet uh, like the feet of a deer. What a segue. And, se- <laughs> and can't help it. Uh, uh, and sets me on my high places. He teaches my hands to make war so that my arms can bend a bow of bronze. You have also given me the shield of your salvation. Your right hand has held me up. Your gentleness has made me great. You enlarge my path under me so my feet did not slip. And so rather than this whole, we are walking on a razor blade or eggshells, it just isn't like that. In fact, there's an... This is, I'm going to say, make a paradoxical statement of the supernatural realm. It is a narrow path that leads to broad places. So when you understand that, a lot of what you see, hear, do, eat, consume, when you limit that, then broadness in the spirit opens up. Paul says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are profitable. You can, you can overeat if you want, overindulge if you want, but it will not profit you. And you might not find the narrow path that leads to broad spaces. This is why discipline is so important. And I'm saying to probably one of the most prophetic churches anywhere Right, because the prophetic and emotions and feelings are so intertwined, but we must understand if we don't discipline ourselves, life will discipline us. Paul even said, if we judge ourselves, we won't be judged. So the point being is that to go over the top of what the enemy wants to oppress the world with is it takes a level of discipline that leads to a broad place, but it's not, just, it's not just narrow that leads to a broad place, it's a high place. That's everything you need already exists in heavenly dimensions. It's, it, this is why it's so important to have prophetic teaching that brings language, you bring it language, bring it into focus, you bring it fo- into focus, you can bring it into manifestation. So hinds feet for high, high places, you've caused, you've given me the, my feet like, like a deer, and so this is, this is really important because you have a generation who's teaching the rapture and they're not teaching people how to ascend or how to occupy high places. Let's just, why don't we, why don't we be a, a, a disciplined sons and daughters of the King and walk in narrow paths to access broad high places and hey, you know, you never know, you'll, you'll, have, you'll have face-to-face encounters with the Lord in the cloud. That might look like First Thessalonians or, 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 or Revelation 1 and, or Revelation 19 and so on and so forth. So rather than, rather than just, just go, look, oh, I wouldn't really don't know what the Lord's saying. No, 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 no. I want you to build that muscle and prepare now is that narrow path that leads to broad places that are high places, everything you need. What's the next scripture that we have? It's very similar. It's Habakkuk. And Habakkuk is talking about circumstances not favourable. That's, that's a nice way of putting it, okay? Though the fig tree may not blossom, nor fruit be on the vine, though the labour of the olive may fail, and the fields yield no food, though the flock may be cut. Enough already, Habakkuk. Okay, 
though the flock may be cut off from the fold and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. So now keep that there. All right. This is what God's training us to do. He doesn't want us to be moved by circumstances to change our inner world. He wants our inner world so built up, especially in high places, that our inner world or what we believe changes the external world. This is what we're being trained to do. Blessed be the Lord, my rock who trains my hands for war, my fingers for battle. He will cause me to to bend the bow of bronze. And if you don't build up that inner world, the external world will come in and attempt to crush. But when we walk the narrow way that leads to the broad way, which is the highway, even though the circumstance is unfavourable, we will lay a hold of the invisible dimension of God's faithfulness, goodness, love, power and provision. And then we start to see things change. So this is what actually happens. Yet I will rejoice in in the Lord. I will joy in the God of my salvation. The Lord is my strength, not circumstances. He will make my feet like deer's feet. He will make me walk on the high hills or my high hills. Those are, those are heavenly dimensions. Every, I, 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 I'm going to really um, uh, harp on it or <laughs> on the sea glass. No, I'm really gonna really, ma- <laughs> gosh, you guys harp on. Oh, we do. We harp on, all right. All right. <laughs> These who overcame the beast, his image, name, number of his name. They're on the sea of glass and they harped on. All right, put that one back if you can. In dimensions of the Spirit aren't just, isn't just Zion, but are mountains, many mountains. They're mountain range, I've seen it. But not just that, there are hills. There are ancient hills, perpetual hills, they bow. Right? There, is a whole, there are whole levels of supernatural dimensions that overlay the natural world. And when we lay a hold of those invisible dimensions through worship, through meditation, through focus, through obedience, through fellowshipping with the Lord, through intimacy, through, <coughs> not coughing, but yieldedness, right? Is that you get to walk in those places and from those places, all the good stuff is, and you get to overlay that over the earth. So the hills is very, very, very important. Then it says at the end, to the chief musician with my string instruments. So you have this, it becomes a song that's going, do you know what? He turned my mourning into dancing. He turned my sorrow into joy. And, and that we, we might be trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he may be glorified. See, one of the benefits of functioning in narrow paths to broad places, to high ways, to high hills and the mountain of the Lord is from that place, you can synchronise with the glory and the worship and the heavenly majesty of, of, of the Lord and start to influence things here. See, these, these are the pathways, these are skywalkers. And they go, uh, eagle's wings, and we get to train to do that. And it's through the Bible is filled with testimony after testimony after testimony of complete, not just, it says that we're not conquerors. It says we're hoopo conquerors. We're, we're, we're not conquerors, we're more than conquerors. When you start to see things in their proper perspective. Okay, so the plane is just about to take off the runway. Okay, so one of the most important things that you could ever, ever grasp, obviously we have the love of God. 
the wisdom of God, the kindness of God, but we also need to realize the bigness of God, how massive God, it actually says, now, when you start to get a, a tiny, tiny feel of the awesomeness of the Lord, that He lives inside His temples, these treasures we have in jars of clay. But then what you got is that He is so incredible, it actually says He has to humble Himself to behold the earth, the earth. It actually says all the, in Isaiah, all the nations are better dropping a bucket to Him. You've got to see how big He is. And then when you start to see how big He is, and not that you are just joined to Him, but according to Corinthians, you are one spirit with Him, you also are big. You start to see how big you are. And there are people, who, and it's got nothing to do, I've met men of incredible stature that were very small men. And I've met people, like, like uh, 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 my wife is uh, probably uh, uh, five, two-ish, something like that. She'd be thrilled I'd be saying this in public. But I mean, it's, you know, it's, 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 it's uh, in public record now because my daughter's outgrowing her and she tells everyone. But, but like my wife is a big person. She, she's big, she, she, she's, she, she's, she's massive, right? And what you've got is you start, you've seen that, my God is an awesome God, He is. And then and, and, uh, it feels heaven and earth. You start to see how big God is. But if you really started to see who you really are, you'll realise how big you are. You realise the enemy he wants to bring, what he wants to bring, that you actually are way bigger than the beast system. This is something I can, it can be taught, but really has to be caught. And I want to take, I want to help people to go through basic theological exercises to actually understand how big they are and actually function like that. You start taking on God's nature. God's massive. God's laughing at all. Look, don't get me wrong. It says his eyes on the sparrow and, it, and he takes no pleasure when the unrighteous die. And then it says, how precious in his sight is the death of his saints. So it <clears throat> doesn't mean that he's not, he's insensitive and, 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 and you know, uh, uh, anything like that. But in regards to the, the plots of darkness, he's laughing because he's so massive. He sits in heaven and laughs. And, and what we need to do is we need to see, see when, you, when you come under fear or terror, you actually magnify the enemy and darkness and you become a grasshopper in your own eyes. And this is actually one of the key things to being a Skywalker. Because it's not like you are just this tiny dot and you're gonna get sort of like parish, you know, slung, slingshotted up into the air. Is actually, you know, God said to, one of the most crazy mystical books in the whole canon of Scripture is Zechariah. Because it's full, it's one of the most messianic books, Behold the Branch, you know. Talks about so many crazy things, so many parallels. Talks about the the, the horses that we that we see uh, in Revelation. You know, like like it, it draws parallels with those. But he says to Joshua the high priest, that Joshua the high priest, whatever he was into, whether it was it was his own righteousness, because says our own righteousness is as filthy rags, according to Isaiah. But it actually said the, the the devil stood and accused Joshua, 
And, and, and what happened is the angel of the Lord said, the Lord rebuke you, Satan or Lucifer. The Lord rebuke you for Israel's sake. And he says, is this not a, a, a coal or, a, or, a, or a, a fiery branch plucked from the fire? He says, take off that filthy garment and turban, give him brand new one, new turban, new garments. And then the Lord said, if you walk with me, if you yield to me, the Lord said this, to Joshua, the high priest. He said, you'll not only judge my house, but you will walk amongst these. Now remember, when the high priest went into the Holy of Holies, it was just him and God. Can you imagine how many encounters those high priests had? Can you imagine the blood being sprinkled on the mercy seat, the incense, all those things, critical mass, and all of a sudden they stepped across into the realm of glory. And those high priests were seeing mountains, rivers, trees, vistas. We have the most bland imagination. But they just went in there and it was heaps light and heaps scary and I can't wait to get out. They would have been like, even David said, to behold the beauty of the Lord. Because he, because through the heart of worship, there was access to the very presence of God of the Ark of the Covenant to anyone who would worship 24-7. Whereas before it was, it was purely the role of the high priest. So what happens is the Lord said, you all, I will enable you to not just judge my house, but walk amongst these, have pathways. God was calling him to be a skywalker. And going forward, God is calling a company of skywalkers where all the provision is, and I want to talk about, I want to, I want to harp on the, 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 how amazing the Lord is, but it's, this is why we have to, we have to, this is, this is really easy to visualise, but I've had, I've had, uh, um, God's, ma- God's massive, massive. I mean, one of the most crazy things I saw was in Colorado, Mount Monarch, I'm at the very, very summit. I'm at the summit, the second day I've ever skied in my life. I'm in the summit of a mountain. That's crazy. And when you learn to control skis after a while, it's, you know, it's not, not, not that bad, but beforehand, it's like you're, you're, you're standing on a bar of soap, a wet one. And they go, I'll go, what are those ropes there? Oh, they're called snow wells. What do you mean? Well, they look like it's solid ground, but you'll just fall a very long way in a very, very limitless level of snow. I'm like, okay, good to know. And trust me, the, the path beneath me was not broad. And he said, if you look over there, as far as you can see, every river empties into the Pacific Ocean. And if you have a look over there, because we're in the Great Divide, over there, every body of water empties into the Mississippi. And I'm just going, my goodness, this is crazy. I used to have dreams where Rachel and I, when I first got married, actually, yeah, before the church, where we were living in a house, being a, living in this house. Now, you got there are water features. Now, there was a... Uh, I think it's Frank Lloyd Wright. Frank, Frank, Frank Lloyd Wright. He's um, basically Frank Lloyd Wright. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, um, amazing architect, and he built the water house where pretty much the, the house was built on these rocks over this water this, this this fountain, not fountain, this this waterfall. Right, beautiful. Uh, somewhere in maybe Pennsylvania, somewhere like that. It's very, very famous, very, very modern. A uh, little bit of a bow house design, a lot of glass, and who cares? Anyway, so anyway, 
So basically, this is my cultural sensibility is just becoming overly uh, communicated. So basically, is that we're in this house, me and Rachel in this house, and then we could look and we could see that the, the floor had a like, um, uh, I've been to the Great Barrier Reef and you've got those glass bottom boats or you've, you can see this, there's not a skylight, but a ocean light, right? And you can just see everything. We, were, we had one of these in the house and I remember looking at it and it was like, it was like, this, the body of water was so intense. I remember going out and standing in the balcony and we were on the edge of a waterfall and the water beneath us was like you could feel, you're in the spirit. It's, it was dark blue, but not black, dark blue. It was just, it had such depth. You could feel the awesome, we were like, and, it, and, and that's the move of the spirit. And our house was plonked right on the edge of that. And you start to see, you start to see how amazing and big, whoops, amazing and big God is. When you, you uh, there's a, one, of the, one of the best sermons I've ever heard in my life was by a gentleman called Jim Spillman. Who's heard of Jim Spillman? Oh wow, come on, amazing preacher. Moved in the power of God. Um, and he preached on the universe. Oh, very, very powerful. Now I haven't got this down. Could you put up uh, a, a, a Hebrews 10.39? Just, just hold it, but just get, get it ready. Hebrews 10.39. God wants you to realise how big He is, right? And how big you are. You know, you know that if you, if you steward your talent now, your, your time, your focus, your priorities, you're going to be running the universe with him. Did you know that? Yeah. He could have done it on his own, but he wanted to do it with family. Put a bit of, he, 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 he pulled a bit of this out of himself and he called it you. So he'd have a family. And then so you'd rule the universe. But one of the things is with what's coming is significant, but for some people it's gonna be overwhelming to the point their hearts will fail. But not for the sons of God. Because the Lord wants you to see how big He is. And if you start to grasp in a tiny measure how big He is, you start to realise how big you are. It says, the Lord is my helper. What can man do to me? But we need to know the narrow way to the broad path broad place to the highways to be skywalkers. So look at this, this is about, God says, I want you to see how big I am, how big you are, so make sure you don't do this, Hebrews. But we are not those who draw back to perdition and the, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. The word draw back in other translations is actually shrink. It means to shrink. The word is shrink and the Hebrew word is uh, hupastule, It means to shrink back. The Lord says, hey, never shrink. Don't shrink God. Don't shrink your mandate. Don't shrink yourself. Don't shrink your significance or your calling, but magnify the Lord. He says, we are not those who shrink things back. No, I don't know. I don't know if God's really called me. I don't know. Shrink. I don't know. Other people more annoyed. Shrink. More annoyed than me. Shrink. There's gifts that they have. Shrink. And the Lord commands us not to shrink. And that's what they did when they went to the promised land. Yeah, there were, you know, uh, 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 um, Amorites, descendants of the Rephaim, quite tall. But actually, there was actually an exaggeration of that. You see, 
Think about you think of David's mighty men. Do you think, I mean, one man killed 800 people on his own. He would have seen himself so massive in God. So massive in God. You know, uh, Samson. Now, I'm sure he had some muscles. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't. I don't know, but it says the point of difference was the Spirit of God came upon him. And he would have become massive in the Lord to the point he could have done what he did. And this is what God has ready for those who understand his way and are prepared to pay the price to walk in the sky with him. It's a good word. And we don't have to, oh, this is coming. Look, look on the, just for the record, there's probably gonna be levels of food shortages, etc. So, you know, stock up, but that's still not gonna, that's, that's just trusting in the flesh. Be responsible, you know, there's all of a sudden, you know, we, we saw the great toilet paper revival of 2020, <laughs> you know? And there's a right, there might be a run on the banks at some stage. You know, lot, 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 you know, you know banks, they just, the cash that like you say you have in your bank account, they actually don't have there. It's an empty building. It's just electronic. If you were, really? I might go and withdraw that electronic, you can't. We know people that wanted to withdraw, you know, five, 10 grand and that bank said, we don't have it. Oh yeah. It's a riot. <laughs> and so you've got all these things happen. The Lord says, this is nothing to me. So start to hang out with me and think like me. And then you'll manifest my bigness in the tiny situation. So don't shrink back. We are not those who draw back or shrink back to perdition, but those who believe in the saving of the soul. Okay, so this is the, this is we start to engage the how-to. Who wants to hear the how-to of being a Skywalker? Okay, let's do it. Psalm 119. I will run the course of your commandments or I'll live in your word for you shall enlarge my heart. And so getting big starts on the inside. God wants us enlarged. He wants us big because we're made in His image. And so you have here, you have, see, what are things that make you big? Firstly, the Word of God. Secondly, the love of God. The love of God makes you big. Now, when you start to love what God loves, called other people, it makes you a big person. Now, look, I hate woke ideology. I hate radical gender identity theory. I hate these things. You don't hate the people, but these are doctrines of devils. But the thing I hate more than anything else that gets me angry, I can feel heat coming to my face now, is the media peddling fear especially on kids where they think we've only got a few years left till the earth is destroyed. And then what, do you know what's happening? Is that through manipulation and a demonic false prophet, they are taking individuals, our heritage, and they are shrinking them down so they can become malleable slaves. You don't see big people like they used to be. And when someone is a big person these days, they're usually a narcissist. You don't see big hearts like you used to. 
It says, it says, lawlessness will abound because the love of many will grow cold. So when you see someone who's a big person, this is not, the, I'm not, I'm, I know I'm making broad sweeping general statements, but there are always exceptions. But almost today to make it in the rats, the rat race that, that, that the hamsters will, you almost have to be a narcissist to be successful these days, but that'll get you in the, in, in the worst places and you'll ruin lives. But when you, when you are consuming the love of God and you're loving others, you actually become a bigger person. You become a bigger person. Now, uh, uh, um, I would say, huh, one of the things that has made me a bigger person is being a parent, right? And that's what people, people go, well, oh, I can't have kids or I haven't had kids. It's all good, you, you know, you got the Lord. You can get big that way. But one of the ways you get big is when you learn to care and love for others when there ain't much in the tank. And you know, nothing like spending a night in hospital with a child with a fever over 40 and the doctors don't know what's going on. That makes you a big person, okay? So, so the love of God makes you big. Loving others makes you big. Serving others in the love of God makes you, you become a big person. And big people overcome small problems. And big people understand what it is to ascend. And big people don't magnify the pain, the fear, the darkness, the uncertainty. They magnify the Lord. The Lord places their feet on those pathways and makes it broad underneath them so they don't slip. So in this season, God is saying, get bigger. He's saying, get bigger, do not shrink back. What shrinks you, what makes people shrink? Fear will shrink you. Selfishness will shrink you. Greed will shrink you. And in this season, the Lord's saying, saying stuff is really happening. We're not gonna disassociate into a, you know, like a, um, a no responsibility level of eschatology. He wants us to manifest as sons of God, which all of creation is waiting to be set free into the liberty of not just the sons of God, but the massive ones. I mean, Joshua did command the universe to stop for a day. You know, he would have caught it. And, and, and the Lord said, he says, I will, I, you, I'll run the, the, the path of your commandments. You'll enlarge my heart. God said to Joshua, this book of the law, shall you always think about it and always talk about it. And then you have good success. All right, so we start to see how massive God is. And David had such a big heart, he could fit all of Israel into it. He could fit all, you know, the more, <laughs> okay, I'm jumping ahead of myself, is that when you just put yourself out with the Lord, you just, you just put it out there, worship, serving, giving, whatever, right? And then you serve others. Do you know what happens? It makes you big. Serving makes you big. King, this is what I've learned. I can't truly, gosh, this is not a can of worms. This, is, this could be a rabbit trail segue. Hang on. Okay. I used to hate Adelaide. I found that there was no vision, boring, crusty. I hated it. I did, couldn't wait to leave. I was sort of like, now, 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 what would happen? Well, I didn't realise I'd be running, there would be the state border and I'd be running for it like this. 
like this. But I didn't realize the Lord had attached a bungee cord to my back. A few times, legit, I hated Adelaide, right? And because of the darkness that opened up with corruption, the family, abductions, serial killing, corruption in authority across the board to the highest level, opened up the gates of hell, brought a shadow of death, no vision. And everyone's like, like this. And then we're still trading out of that. Why would you wanna live here? And then the Lord said to me, Todd, you cannot minister to anything or anyone you don't love, let alone govern. He taught me that years ago. And the Lord said, I want you to see Adelaide how I see Adelaide. And what happens as you see Adelaide as God sees Adelaide, Adelaide starts to manifest as God sees Adelaide. So how big was David? He had to fit all of Israel in his heart. When he went to war, I'm not saying he was consumed with bloodlust, but you're going to defend those women and children. You're going to take territory back off the Philistines. And more than that, you are fulfilling a holy commandment from the Lord to possess the land that was promised to Abraham. And so you become big. And your people everywhere, I don't go to church anymore, I just watch it online. You will never be big. You are shrinking yourself down. I don't wanna get hurt. Wake up, grow up and forgive up. You'll never be big. Just all of a sudden you paint yourself into this tiny corner and just like, you know, just freak out at every news bulletin. It's getting closer, you know? And so when you serve, you're big. You know, like for me, something that's like been an exercise for me is that a lot goes in larger, in larger tent pegs, I know, last year. So we took church, uh, church money, we sowed it in a ministry. We have to be good. I'll be, I'm gonna, I'll be accountable for, for church money. I will be. There, there are pastors that go to hell for, for uh, 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 you know, misappropriating money. Fact of life. If, if you want some really light entertainment, listen to Mary Kate Baxter, Divine Revelation of Hell. Not before you go to bed. And there are pastors that stole. Oh yeah. <laughs> so we took money, we sowed it in a good ministry, Dan Hagen being one of those. And then all of a sudden, the Lord opened up the state. I, I, it's three out of every four weeks now. It was four out of every four weeks. I get in that car, I drive up to Munta. There could be 50 people. There could be 130 people. There could be mostly locals. There could be a smattering of people from here, whatever. I go up there every week. And then on my days off, I'm doing outreaches or revival meetings in the surrounding area. On my days off. Do you know what? My heart's got bigger. My heart's got bigger. I have a heart. I love Munta because I see it how God sees it. And I see that I'm seeing the north part of the state. That's how you get big. And you see what's coming. The Lord says, I want you to get bigger than what's coming. But firstly, the most important thing is rather than just say volunteer for everything ad nauseum, I'm not saying that. You first have to give yourself over to the Lord. And this is where, this is where all the things that make you small, shrinking back, sulking, selfish, fear, makes you small, makes you small. And the Lord says, okay, 
You're made in my image. We're gonna blow that out the water. I want you to see how amazing I am. All right? So just gonna put in a couple of scriptures that we're, we're, that, that, that we're gonna, you know, our God is a massive God. He is. Um, do we have Ephesians chapter three? It says, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge. So, so think about how many, how many things there are to know, right? Now, uh, you could go world history, archaeology, music, maths, quantum physics, Newtonian physics, all those things. But then you've got in the realm of the Spirit and then you've got all the different dimensions and the different spiritual laws. But it actually says that the love, the love of Jesus surpasses knowledge. It's way bigger. You can't even, you can't even, couldn't even articulate it, right? To know the love of Christ which passes knowledge that you may be filled with all the fullness of God. Now to Him who is able to do exceedingly, abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that works in us. To Him be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. So you start to see that the biggest thing you can imagine is God's flaw. F-L-O-O-R. I'll just make it clear. You start to realise how extravagant God is. I mean extravagant. You, they're, they're, they're the two stories that just speak to me about God's extravagance and His love and His forgiveness. One is uh, um, David and Jonathan's son and Mephibosheth, right? Won't go into that now. It almost brings me to the tears every time I read it because I feel the kindness of the Lord. And then Joseph, how Joseph pretty much, his brothers try to murder him. And then what he went, <laughs> he chucked in a pit, then become a slave, household slave. And they get like framed and, you know, and then in prison. I mean, like, like they says they hurt his feet with, with, with fetters. Like, like, they, like he wasn't just sitting in a, he wasn't in so, just solitary confinement and got, had a bit of a, you know, had an iPad and he got a bit of a, it's that they actually hurt his feet. He was in irons, right? And then his brothers and you just see, you see how the extravagance of God's love and forgiveness, extravagant. So, so, so all of a sudden we go, okay, most people, if you, okay, no. I'm gonna make a generic statement. It's pretty hard. There's not much wiggle room as this. If you do not live in the Spirit, your life will be governed by felt need. Not need, because trust me, you need things you don't know about. <laughs> I'll leave it there. But if you, 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 so you go, oh, but I need this, I need that. And most people's lives are consumed with their needs and Jesus said, please get out of that matrix. It'll kill you. Seek first the kingdom of heaven as righteousness and all this will be added to you. Don't be consumed with things tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. Don't worry about your needs. Seek first the kingdom. Narrow, narrow pathways to broad places, to highways, to skywalking. Go there. All the good stuff's on the hills, in the mountains, in the heavenly dimensions in Christ. So this next one in Philippians, it blows out the needs out the water. Here we go. And my God shall supply all your need, not according to your need. Not according to your need. God will not meet your need according to your need. But He'll meet your need according to His riches in glory in Christ Jesus. We're talking, we're talking that the, the wealthiest you got, I'll never forget, I was watching this revival in a place called Lakeland. 
And I'd actually been there. And they were doing like, you know, like I know for all of its, all, all of its, um, you can, it, 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 you can take, the, take the mickey out of it, the hallelujah chorus. Trust me, I've come down to, I've, I've, my bag of tricks are empty and I reach in there. Oh, my fingernail's touching something, hang on. I've got the hallelujah chorus. I've done it in front of thousands of people when the band behind me was awful. Hallelujah, hallelujah. And like this, and it's like, and people, you know, no one can say, I don't know the words. <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah. It's like this. And then all of a sudden, like, the, 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 you know, the hallelujah, only 28 times? Only, I think 20, 28 times. 28 times, yeah, yeah, uh, 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 Psalms and Revelation, I think. One for every season. But you have, we, we, I remember like, they're like, hallelujah. And why am I telling you this story? I just forgot. <laughs> what was the thing I said before that? Hang on, hang on, hang on. It was the last, it was the last bag of tricks. My, uh, what? Oh yes, that's right. So I'm listening to this in Lakeland, hallelujah, hallelujah. And I've seen, I've seen miracles break out with that. In Lakeland, they're doing it, oh, the glory, you can feel the glory like this. Feel the glory. And Rick Pino was leading it. The glory was just like, oh, hallelujah. Like this, and I'm just looking for waves of glory. And he just stops it. And he starts going, we've got the best dad in the whole world, in the whole world. Ah, we've, who, who, who heard that? Did anyone hear that? Only a handful. And I'm thinking, he just wrecked the night. <laughs> and he was way ahead of his time because you start to realise you don't just have the best dad in the world, you have the best dad in the multiverse. And he's extravagant. He's extravagant. This darkness and stuff is just a test. It's not your destiny. That'll make it, that, that'll, that'll, that'll hunt, that dog will hunt, right? <laughs> this darkness is not your destiny, it's just a test. And don't be a little person, don't shrink back. You start to realise, you start, oh, we don't, don't put it up this, this one, but, but uh, uh, um, extravagant father, you give him your, your, your five cents worth of worship and he pours a million bucks of glory onto you. Luke 6.38, don't put it up because you don't have it anyway. Okay, give and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over and be put into your chest. And for the same measure that you use, it'll be measured back to you, but multiplied obviously. So there's something about, the, the, here's the point. Your God is extravagant. He is extravagant. So you go, okay, well, I'd like to see it. You ready? Who will like to see the extravagance of God? Come on. Rhetorical question that demands a response. Who wants to experience the extravagance of God? Amen. Okay, here's the first step. Be extravagant towards Him. And you activate, you actually start to mimic Him. Be per perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Be extravagant with the Lord. Huh. Be extravagant, this is the key. Think about how many enemies surrounded David. You know, it's like, look, when they were writing, 
their history, all right? And they meet in the caves of Adullam. David's not like, wow, I have got an incredible band of athletic Arnold Schwarzenegger, muscular Mr. Universe Fabio types. Do you know how it described the group of people that followed David? They were broke, busted and disgusted. They were in debt. They were discouraged. They were discontented. And they were so mighty, they hid in a cave. And then what happened? Do you know what, do you know what made David great and these men great? Is they understood in a measure God's extravagance and they started to minister to God and live towards God extravagantly. If you want God to manifest towards you extravagantly, especially in the coming season, first initiate. So, so let's just see it like this. See it as a game of chess. It actually says, draw near to God and He'll draw near to you. Well, hang on, I thought He should just draw near to me first. Yeah, He did, called Calvary. Calvary. <laughs> if we understood Calvary, we'd realise that we've lost no, no uh, 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 um, players and we've cornered their queen and their king. But he did Calvary and Pentecost. So now with that in mind, by faith, when we draw near to Him, we are extravagant towards Him. We activate. See, here's another, this is not my quote, I wish it was, but we will be conformed to the image we have of God. We will be conformed to the image we have of God. So going forward, the Lord's saying, wow, look what's happening. The Lord goes, act in an opposite spirit. Be extravagant towards me. Deal with, you know, now, now let's just, let's talk about fear. You can only bind it so many times, you're still talking about it. I bind the thing I don't want to talk about. But in my binding, I'm thinking about the thing I don't want to think about. So I bind you again. And I'm going to double down on the not thinking of the thing I want to think about that I shouldn't be thinking. I want to bind it instead of thinking about it. Now I'm scared. (laughs) So the Lord says, (laughs) He says, worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. You start to, all those things that shrink you back, you actually, you start to be, if you make it a priority to live towards the Lord extravagantly, right? You can see, you'll see His extravagance. That's, is is that straightforward? Not only that, not only will you find those, those pathways in the sky, not only will you go over the top of everything, no, not only will you, uh, uh, realise how massive you and God are, right? Is that you will find incredible supernatural extravagant provision. And you know, I'm telling you right now, I'm, at the moment I am studying Exodus because God's telling me to study Exodus. They didn't just sort of like, let's get out of it. You know, can you imagine? <laughs> can you imagine going to your neighbour and going, I want all your good stuff. Give me. My name's Jimmy. I'll take everything you can give me. Can you imagine that? I mean, can you imagine the front? Like, you know, I, if that happened in my household, my wife would say, I'm not doing that, you do it. She would send me across to the neighbour's place, you know. And, and you think about it, they left like crazy wealthy. See, what God's plan is, isn't for the most disciplined, 
excellent, fit, doomsday preppers to make it. Only three of them made it past the apocalypse, which is a whole lot of caca anyway. Is it is those people who know how to walk with God and deliver them supernaturally through that dimension of the spirit where they actually trade into supernatural provision. But first you have to be it on the inside and you do that by being extravagant towards God. You get people that talk about God's extravagance. I don't wanna hear people talk about God's extravagance show me God's extravagance. You know, uh, 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 when Rachel and I got married, we had nothing. We were like, we were big people who were poor, okay? I wasn't wise with finance. Rachel was in a lot of debt, uh, hex, and all sorts of personal loans and financial disasters. And what happened was, is that I decided to be a big person and I was extravagant in my time with God. Now you go, oh, well, it's easy for you now, you know, you're in, in, sort of in the ministry and, and you know, and it's like you've got, you get paid to pray. And, 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 like, that's not the way it is. It's not true at all. I've, 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 I've had massive infirmity issues with 50% co-raising two young children while studying psychology at university in the midst of revival, renovating a home. And, and what, what, you, you know when you burn out? Because I've burned out a few times. And, and, and it's like they go, what, what, Todd, what? If you're walking through hell, what do you do? Keep walking. You walk off the burnout. You just have to. And in the meantime, being in the spirit, I'd be smashed sick all week. The anointing would come on upon me to minister. Oh, I'm healed. Praise the Lord. You know, hallelujah. Monday, <coughs> like this. And sort of like, what's that about? For long seasons. But I said, I'm never, ever gonna let circumstances shrink me down. And so we're at a place, I'm going, I hate being poor. We talk, we talk I don't think you can do it anymore because of the credit crunch. But we talk our home loan with zero deposit. How much deposit, Todd? Zero. We basically went to a bank, we got on our hands and knees, put our hands together and begged. No, we didn't. I'm surprised they gave us a zero deposit home loan. And I hated being poor. It's not a virtue. You go, I think the, no, 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 no. If, if you think poor is a good thing, you're in the wrong place. It's not a gift. God wants you double portioned. You know why? So you have enough to live well and to give away. Okay, not just a, I just have my needs met. No, 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 according to his riches and glory, it's too much. See, God's not enough, he's too much. So this is why we have to actually be in that place in the spirit, those narrow places, so it opens up to a broad place to be a highway, to be and to be skywalkers. This is what he has for us. So what we did, I remember, I'm going, I've had enough. I've studied, I've studied sowing and reaping. I've studied prosperity. I've done this for weeks and weeks and no, months and months and months. And I said to my wife, I'm done. Every bill we pay, we pay when it's a day before default. So we got, we paid, we paid our bills and I said, all right, how much do we have in the bank? She went, 500 bucks. I said, we're gonna give it away. So we gave, so because I'm not gonna let poverty make me small. So we took 500 bucks, sewed it into ministry and within a week, God gave us $50,000. You, you gotta understand there is something attached to being big like God. You never want, see, see uh, uh, 
a man's spirit can sustain him through sickness, but who can bear a broken spirit? When you've got a broken spirit, you can't be big anymore. You need to, you need to get out of that Humpty Dumpty world and you need to get in the presence of God. And time and time again, is that in spite of our circumstances, we were extravagant to God. As a church, we, we, just, like, we just see this again and again and again. And this is, how, this is how God wants us to do this going forward. He wants us to be bigger than the problem. And if we want to see extravagance from heaven, we need to be extravagant to heaven and to others. Can someone say amen? You look what's happening in South Australia. Politics, it's, things are starting to happen. You have a look what's happened in Victoria. God, hey, if you're gonna pray for someone, pray for more redeeming. So I'll tell you what, things don't change. That Liberal Party won't get any redeeming. It's, dis- it's disgusting. This woke, virtue signalling rubbish. Hey, this is, this is for free. This is, you guys are all good here. You're, you got, you're all good. But the people listening online, if you have any intellectual dishonesty, any, any intellectual, emotional, cognitive or spiritual dishonesty, and you're, you're holding a position out of fear or to please others, it will come out in the wash. And if you live by your conviction and you go down, it says, it says godliness with contentment is great gain. This political class right now are the pits. I'm sorry, I've had enough. I've had enough. This is why we're so involved. They're the pits. And you go, okay, well, you know, a bit of a rant here, a bit of a soapboxing. No, 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 no. It will cost lives. It will cost lives. And the reason why in her inaugural speech she had such a problem with, the, with some of these policies around transgenderism is because as was found out, which is now public knowledge, is she got abused, interfered with as a child in a public place. She wasn't grandstanding. You cannot hold on to some of these positions. You get double think or cognitive dissonance. And politicians are pushing this rubbish. The point being is this. One of the big things that I found, and there's a lot of great things happening in this church, but this church, I would say when we started out, we're very much about revival and the supernatural. We still are. But I'll tell you what, since then, we have put our full energy and weight into helping others everywhere, everywhere. And it's made this church a very big church, a very big church before the Lord. And that means credibility, platform, reach, many, many other things. But this going forward, God wants us to know that we are way bigger than any darkness or any situation. I'm gonna pull up stumps in a second. You know, I keep saying it, whether you do it here or do it at home, we're in a season where God's speaking to us through King David. King David was extravagant to God. He was so extravagant. You know, his first wife, <laughs> she had an issue with him. She did. He, you, know, you know why? Because he was too into God. He looked like an idiot. 
You know, I reckon, I reckon, I reckon that's a good life goal. That's a good life goal, is to be so into God, you're actually not sure if you come across like an idiot. That's an amazing place. Because you know what happens is you are tractor beaming with glory on the same level, Stephen, when he said, I see the Lord standing at the right hand. I see the Lord standing. Nowhere else do you see, he says, sit at my right, hands until I make your, right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. But he's now standing. He's so impressed with Stephen's connection with the Lord. See, you want extravagance? Be extravagant first. God, see, see, Calvary and Pentecost was extravagant. So it says, draw near to God and he'll draw near to you. It says, don't be double-minded, all right? Double-minded is actually one of those things that's very, very underrated. If you're double-minded, chances are you will manifest something that looks like a loser. But you can come out of the darkest, most awful, gravest sin and be, you can be glorious, not just forgiven and redeemed, but transformed. If you're double-minded, and so going forward, God wants us to model David in this season because he was so extravagant. You know, I can't, there's a lot of things happening. I, 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 I'm very, very, I'm, I'm a great bearer of good news. I really, really am. But there are a lot of things happening behind the scenes of a relatively confidential level. Things happening in this church are way better than I can let on. And I can tell you for a fact they completely coincide with the beginning of the tabernacle of David about a month ago. You know that even if you can't make it, there are people here praising God and giving, them, giving their night over and it's opening the heavens over this city. It's opening the heavens over this city. And you know what? They benefit. You'll get a residual benefit, but they benefit. And you start to see... You start to see, like, like we, Rachel and I, we, like I said, we, we, we're quite often ships in the night, literally. We were able to both be here last night. I've seen, I've seen parts of the Lord, elements of his character I've never seen before. And so here's the deal. Yes, there's a bit of an Isaiah 60 darkness manifesting. Yes, it's not our destiny. It's a test. That's all it is. And God wants you to be bigger than all of this. Can we put the pads on, please? We're going to start with communion and then we'll take up our offering. Who's excited? Seriously. Do you think that was a fairly concrete blueprint going forward? Don't shrink back. Holy. Tomorrow morning, Illuminate will be interesting. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Who felt the Lord speak to them about becoming a bigger person? Come on. Because that's, I'll tell you what, big people overcome. David was massive. It's got nothing to do with size or heights per se, physical stature. <laughs> Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. Thank you. Lord, I just thank You. I just thank You that You've made the first move of extravagance through Calvary. You've made the first move through Calvary, through Pentecost. Lord, You've made a double move. Lord, not just that, but You are now a high priest according to the order of Melchizedek. You're making intercession for us. 
Lord, we thank You, thank You, thank You, thank You that You're showing us, You're showing us pathways for high places. You're showing us these things. We thank You, Lord God. It says You'll only look at them and it will not come near Your dwelling. We thank You for the extravagance all through Scripture. Lord, it's impossible to outgive You. But Lord, we just thank You as a church, as we've already been modelling, from the chair on the stage, to the sewing, to the evangelism, to the prophetic, to the governance. We thank You, Lord, that we say in You, we are rich. In You, You have already met all of our needs according to Your riches and glory. And we thank You that in You, according to 2 Peter 1, we already have all things pertaining to life and godliness. Lord, we choose to dwell in Your presence. One day in Your courts is better than a thousand in the tents of the wicked. We thank You right now, the richness in this house, in Your presence, in obeying You, we just thank You. Bless this communion to our bodies in Jesus' Name. Hallelujah. <clears throat> Praise God. The biggest crowd I've ever spoken in front of was 35,000. That's a big crowd. That's, a, that's probably like a slightly below average showdown attendance. People go, what's showdown? I'm glad you don't know. Footy match. People are like, really? And you know what? I could feel how I, it stretched me. It stretched me. Because I was a certain place of spiritual development. It stretched me. But I'll never forget being in a room of 20,000 people with Reinhard Bonnke preaching. He's preaching to 20,000 people and it felt like a dozen. That's how big he is. And these are the people that God's calling to completely overcome. None of this is our destiny. It's merely a gymnasium. But rather than be a, a crisis react response, God says, start to learn how to fly, how to enlarge. I will, you will enlarge my heart and become bigger. That's most of my life. Do you know one of the best things I chose to do is I, I always choose to do things I can't do. <laughs> and then it's like, even like Daryl in the office was beforehand, I'm going, I'm actually not quite sure how tonight's going to look because I'm not stressed about it. It's not worth it. It's just not worth it. Before we take up offering, and then none of this is a, I, I, all I want to do is do the offering in the end so you attach your faith to it. I'm not, I'm not, you know, whatever God speaks to you about, I cut a whole bunch of stuff out of it. But before, before we give, can I pray over you guys? Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost. Just close your eyes.
Spirit, I thank you. I thank you, Lord. Your word literally says, greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. Ha, 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 Lord. I thank you. I thank you, Lord, that you call us, if we are in a room full of un unchurched people, you call us always to be the biggest person in the room. I thank you, Lord, right now over everyone here with hungry hearts, that awareness is that the enemy is under their feet because they are so massive, so massive. Fear is a cockroach. Anxiety is an imp. Selfishness is an ant. I just thank you, Lord God, that we are seated in heavenly places looking down on the earth. I just pray right now for people's eyes to be opened, for them to see how much bigger they are than any challenges. I thank you everything now in this life is merely opportunity for promotion and bringing you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. If whatever you give tonight, get the, if the ushers can be, just attach your faith to it. Just attach your faith to it. So it's up there for the people watching live stream. But this sort of stuff, you got no, we've got nothing to fear. Nothing to fear. God doesn't want us to go under and go subterranean. He wants us, He wants us to be bigger than the issue. And some of those keys, that'll be worth listing back tonight. But when you get filled with the love of God and you serve others, serving others makes you massive. Parents are big people. You know, someone can be a leader and the leadership, leading a church can really be about them. <laughs> it doesn't make them a big person. If a leader is consumed with reputation and selfish ambition, that ecclesia is being led by smallness. When you, get, when you start to love what God loves, you become bigger. And I'll tell you what, that stuff looks like gold, silver, precious metals, not wood, hay, straw. Just when we finish picking up, I'll just pray over the offering, the end. Wow, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit. Just chatting with Daryl over tea tonight. I can smell provision in the Spirit. Do you know one of the things that we're praying about is, and we, we did look at this, but I think I'm going to get stubborn because I've just told all the, the, all the luminaries and luminate they have to do my assignment on the fourth dimension. And I'm, I'm I, yeah, I reckon we're going to do a balcony in here. We're going to do a balcony in here that can fit a lot of people. And you go, but yeah, what about this? Why don't we just, why don't we conceive it in the spirit, seriously? Because that's all also, you get what you believe. So, but including provision, including everything, just get excited. Start to celebrate in advance. You nearly done? No, keep going. Right. Holy Ghost. Holy Ghost. 
I'm going to make a very, very paradoxical statement. Do you know what makes you bigger? Fasting. Makes you, you know why? Because it's less of you, more of Him, and then you realise, we picked it up. Okay, let me just pray over it. You guys just stay there. Tony, I'll just pray over it. Father, I just thank You for every seed sown. I just thank You in the name of the blood of Jesus. I thank You. I just thank You, not only just the seed sown, but all seeds sown, Lord God. I thank You, Lord, Lord, that You have given us an invitation as a church to manifest extravagance towards You and from You and in You and through You and for You. I thank You, Lord God, for that spirit of extravagance over field of dreams. I thank You for the spirit of extravagance over South Australia. I thank You for the spirit of extravagance in revival, outpouring wisdom, encounter and miracles. And Lord, You do not meet our need according to our need, You meet our need according to Your riches in glory. I thank You. Bless everyone here and everyone listening. Let it be a quickened rima word that creates pathways. Jesus' Name. Everyone said, Amen. Have a great drive home after you. Have a chat, whatever you do. And we'll see some of you guys tomorrow morning. Hallelujah.